Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Tim with CrossFit Kodiak Island out of Alaska. Tim, what is going on? Happy Thursday. How you feeling? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you being here. We're excited to have you on. And before we dive in to the nitty gritty of what you have going on with Kodiak Island, you know, first, we want to give you the floor here and, and give you the opportunity to give a little perspective to the viewers on how you would describe Kodiak Island in your own words and what you guys do. Well, our, our gym is a traditional CrossFit. Um, we've been open since 2013. We've uh, catered to roughly 13. 1,500 clients over that time on an island that has a population that fluctuates between six and 8,000 people. So we've touched a lot of souls here. It's kind of nice. Wow. Um, but yeah, we are a CrossFit gym. It is 99.9% uh, class-based. Um, every once in a while, we'll get the straggler that doesn't want to work out with a group and, and we help them, but it's definitely not our focus. Yeah, I gotcha. And so We'll start with the bare bones basics, Tim. I mean, how many members are you serving currently? Well, that, that's a tricky question. We have uh, seasons in Kodiak. So uh, our membership fluctuates up really high in the wintertime and okay. really down in the summer um, with uh, Coast Guard transfer season. Uh, the only time we get sunny weather up here is in the summertime. Um, so at, at currently we have 80 members, but in the winter time we can get as high as 160. 160. Okay. Yeah. So and we could double in the winter time. Yeah. I mean, completely. And so for you guys, Tim, I mean, I mean, what's been that best method to get new people through the door? I mean, obviously you probably have your stragglers who come and go, but what's about for new people? Like what has been that best practice yeah. to get them interested? I, I think the best practice here is definitely word of mouth. You uh, small community, everybody knows everybody. You can't go to the grocery store without bumping into somebody, you know? So if, if you produce a good product, they're, they're definitely going to hear about it. Yeah. And then, and then, and then we do a little bit of marketing on, you know, your social media stuff and Kodiak's unique that we have social media pages that are geared just to the audience of Kodiak that everybody kind of, you know, learns about where bar bear sightings are, or when trash pickup day is, and when the, the rodeo or the concert's going to happen at the fairgrounds. We, we throw some advertising on that that's local, um, that's free to us. So we're kind of convenient there too. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I think word of mouth is obviously a thanks to your fulfillment. I think you're just great at what you do. And in, in turn, people are going to talk positively about it, right? And yeah. Yeah going to bring people through the door. And if you want to mention, I, I, you know, we spoke about this off air about the, uh, the buddy system. I think that's like such a good idea. If you want to share that piece. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of times a year in our slow time, we offer something called a buddy buddy membership. So you don't have to be a family member or even a, a close person. It just needs to be somebody that's willing to step on board and join the gym with you. So a current member can bring in a friend from outside uh, to lower their membership rate a few bucks every month. 
uh, or two new people off the street can come in and join together um, to get that same deal. And it's only active if both members participate in the membership. So there's kind of a, uh, um, uh, I'll hold you accountable attitude with it, right? You can't bail on me because my membership's going to go up. And it, yeah. you, you maybe play little mind games with them, but boy, it keeps people motivated to come in. So it's worked pretty well for us, especially in the down times of summer. Yeah. Or uh, as we start picking up into winter, getting new members in the door. I love that. I love that, Tim. Yeah. Such, it's such, such great value. I appreciate you sharing that with us. And yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, obviously, again, that's, Tim, it might be difficult to, to put a gauge here, but I, I like to ask this question. I know you said it fluctuates and, and you can kind of be up and down here, but I mean, let's say, let's say leads, traffic, clients, all these things were unlimited here. I mean, Tim, realistically or hypothetically, I'm sorry. I mean, how much higher can you go? Like what would capacity look like for you? What's that max number? Well, without adding a bunch of classes that are in some weird hours, you know, like who wants to come work out at, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock at true. night. Um, that when we were at 160, it's pretty chaotic in here. Everybody's on a wait list for all the classes. Uh, and I think customer service kind of falls when we're at that. So I like to be somewhere in the 120, 125 range is pretty comfortable because I think we can service our folks better. They get better coaching. We still know everybody's name. Um, you know, all of our coaches get to dabble, uh, and meet everybody when, when you, when you, when you try to coach people you don't know, it's really hard to give them the service that, that they deserve when paying the premium price. So yeah. 125 would yeah. be magical. If I can, if I can maintain one five through our slow season, Hey, that'd be a win-win. We got to figure that one out though. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. it. And, and so, well, I mean, even if, if you're not there at that number, right. But like, even okay. So even this, I, I kind of like this part because I know I like that it's fluctuating. I mean, in a sense, not where, we obviously know we want a little more consistency here, but for sake of, of this question, how do you manage tracking people coming in and out like that? And how is that different? Because I mean, obviously for someone who has, you know, a little more of a, of a consistent flow and not as many people coming in and out, I mean, for you, what's been that best practice of tracking these members, regardless of what they're saying, not saying, and like, do you have to, you know, remove them from your system or, or from whatever you're doing? Like, how do you track those metrics? Well, our, our, we, we use um, a gym software program called Zen Planner. I'm sure a lot of, lot of your listeners have heard of it or know about it. And we religiously track on uh, visits. So every time somebody comes in the building, they get clocked into it. Um, it's definitely a metric we're looking at. Um, we, we blast out on, our, on our, our Facebook page, those folks that show up a minimum three times a week. Um, we have a a whole wall here dedicated to attendance. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. If you can't get your folks in the door, you can't help them. You know, we don't want to be known as that, that, that charity of CrossFit Kodiak Island, right? You're going to give us your, your money every month just because it makes you feel good. We want you guys coming in here and actually using the membership. So um, if, if they're not, then, we're, we are losing, I think, you know, yeah. that's the key, but yeah, you got to track attendance. You have to, that's, of course. that's the first thing. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, agreed completely. And so I'm going to ask a little bit of a longer winded question here, but a good question in itself, a good way to kind of self-reflect, um, you know, uh, 
in the fitness and gym industry, there's about three pillars of business, Tim. And, and, and it's going to be your lead generation, which is just your marketing, your acquisition, which is getting somebody from interested to being a paying client, and then your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So mm-hmm. Tim, of those three, where do you feel like you could improve the most? That's a pretty easy question. I think the sales department is where we can improve. You know, we, we kind of have the mentality of if you don't want to be here, I totally understand it. I don't want to have to hard sell anybody in coming and using my product. If I do, do I feel like I fail in that department. I'm not going to poke and prod you to come in here. And that's what sales to me means. Now, it doesn't mean I'm not going to give my spiel and explain what we do and, and show the results of the folks and, and give it that first try. But after that, hey, you got to want to be here. So in my opinion, I, I guess in a, in, a, in a business standpoint, that's probably failing on my part, right? I should be actively pursuing clients and, and, and I'm not, if that makes sense. You know, I, I understand. I think you're not in this business to be a car salesman, right? So I think, yeah, you know, it's that overextending to where it gets a little uncomfortable that a lot yeah. of people, because I mean, it's driven by profit. I think that's the biggest thing. It's they're so driven by that. They're blind uh, to the fact that they're, they're losing sight of the fact that they're trying to help this person. Right. Right. Um, and so I think in cases where this, because I've seen it plenty of times, right, where it's just doesn't feel <coughs> right, you know, but it has to make sense for you and it has to make sense for the client, right? So, but people, they, they let go of the concept that it has to make sense for you sometimes, right? Because right. if it's not a good fit for you, sometimes maybe even forcing the sales is not even a good thing. So, um, and I understand exactly what you mean. You're providing the value, you're showing people what they're going to get. They should want to be there, right? They should. Correct. And if not, I mean, again, maybe they're not in the buying process. Maybe they're not ready. Maybe they're just mentally not ready. And that's okay, right? It doesn't mean what we can't forget about the follow up. I think the money is in the follow up too. So, but I, I, I love that. Tim. I appreciate you, the, the honesty and transparency there too. I think yeah. like that, you know, you could put success to the side here and still admit that there's still places to improve. I appreciate the viewers appreciate it. I know it's an eye opener for many of them. So yeah. um, last two questions, Tim, my two favorite questions. What's the bigger picture for you? What are you trying to accomplish long-term here? Well, in a perfect world, a bigger building would be nice. Um, we run uh, you know, 125 to 160 clients through a 1,400 square foot building. And uh, we, cap our, we clap our classes at 11. And you can imagine the chaos you get when, when all the classes are full. Um, as far as being able to teach a foundation class or offer that PT at a normal hour um, is not feasible in a building our size. So if in a perfect world and the real estate market wasn't so crazy, I would be in a bigger facility. That would be, that would be my goal. And I don't mean 10,000 square feet, feet Taj Mahal, you know, <laughs> no, I mean something that still keeps you, yeah. still something that keeps me profitable, you know, still helps me feed my family, but it broadens our, our scope of work a little bit to be able to service a few more customers. Now, maybe that yeah. means going from 1,400 square feet to 2,400 square feet, which is still pretty small, but maybe, hey, we're in, a, yeah. we're, in a, we're in a small community. We don't need that, that gigantic facility here. So, 
No. Yeah, that 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 would be my my view going down the line. Yeah, no, I I love that. I love that. I think that's great. I think it it makes sense. I think people lose sight again. They they want the biggest and the best, but or even a second or third location, right? But I think people lose sight of like, okay, that there's still overhead. You're increasing overhead. You might think it's more profit, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. And, so. and being that we're on an island, opening another location is isn't something that's feasible because the island's so small. I don't want to get on an airplane when I have to, you know, hire a coach or something like that in another location. That just sounds too chaotic to me. I would rather spend my time coaching a high school baseball team or, you know, doing stuff like that. (laughs) I love that. I love it. Yeah. And one last question for you here, Tim, my favorite question. Um, you know, if you could go back in time here, Tim, to when you first started the gym, sit yourself down with the knowledge you know now and give yourself that one piece of advice that you think you you really needed to hear when you first started the gym. But what would that advice be for you? You know, I think uh, a lot of new coaches come into this business with an ego. Um, you know, they want to chase virtuosity. They want everybody to to be to meet their goals, right? And I don't mean the, the client's goals. They want to meet the coach's goals, you know? So you get an athlete that comes in here or a client that comes in here and why don't you want to get a muscle up? Or why don't you want to get double unders or this and that? And I think checking the ego early on for coaches is definitely key, right? Not everybody has the same goals. And if new coaches knew that right off the bat, everybody would win. I think that's kind of the key. Tim, that was a mic drop of an answer. I'm not even going to say anything <laughs> off of that one. It's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But Tim, before we sign out, you know, please it'd be my pleasure. If you want to shout out your Facebook, your Instagram, anything you have, where can people find out more about you guys and the gym? Well, pretty much everywhere is listed under CrossFit Kodiak Island, whether it's .com or IG or Facebook. Um, we are the only one of those in the world. So if you type that in, you'll find us. And uh, we do have an IG. We have a Facebook. Um, and our website, which is a little old, probably needs a little updating. But, uh, yeah, you can find us there, all our info. And we try to have some fun and uh, poke some knowledge out there in those social medias for everybody to see. There we go, Tim. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. Uh, just stick around for two more seconds if you can, Tim, just so I can let you know how yeah. you're going to get the podcast. I'd appreciate it. Just yeah. sign everybody else out over here. Um, Thanks, Jay. And, uh, yeah, no problem. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us, talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. 
Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Leanne from Standard Fit out of Sonora, California. Welcome to the show, Leanne. How are you today? I'm well. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited to have you here and to learn more about what you do at your fitness business. But before we really spend a lot of time, you know, getting into the nitty gritty of the business side of things, let's just dive in here, Leanne. I want to know the why. What was it that got you started as a gym owner? I got into the industry kind of by accident. I was training at a gym. I needed something for myself. And I'm a very physical kind of person. I like things that challenge me personally. Mm -hmm. And so I had been skating roller derby and because of family, I had to hang up my skates and I needed something that challenged me on that physical level. And I joined a gym and the person that ran that gym knew I coached other sports and saw how I interacted. And she said, Hey, do you want to do this? I said, heck yeah. So I started my journey with kettlebells there. Okay. And when that gym closed suddenly, I recognized the opportunity to help people pursue better. What I didn't like seeing was all of these people who felt like they had to should themselves. I should be this size. I should be able to do this. And I really enjoy bringing people to a journey of health that's uniquely theirs. I love helping people find their inner beast and releasing that into the world and pursuing their very best life, not just becoming a gym hero. I, I, I really like that because I think that for a lot of people, like the idea of health and fitness is like, oh, I get to be thin or I get to be really big and muscular. But for the vast majority of us, like we just want to feel better. And by adding something like this into our routine, we are able to build this like healthy, attainable lifestyle that can last a lifetime if we put the right, you know, uh, if we get into fitness in the right place. Um, And so that feels really good that you're able to do that as a gym owner. You know, it's something that like has always been a part of your life. And now you're able to help other people add that to to theirs. Um, So give us kind of your elevator pitch of standard fit. Tell us, you know, who you are, what services you have to provide and really paint that picture for us so we can understand the business model as we talk about it here. Absolutely. So what we do in my gym is small group training or personal training. And the fit stands for fierce intentional training. So we come into the, into the gym, we leave the ego at the door and we come in with a plan and a purpose. And the plan and the purpose is designed to help you kick ass in regular life. We don't build gym heroes. We build badass humans. So people come in and they train and they're all chasing different things. I love having one of my favorite clients is in her late 60s rehabbing from a complete knee replacement and and she's chasing a power deadlift. That's awesome. I also have somebody who's in their mid 30s and they just want to keep up with their kids. There's no wrong way to health and we're going to help you find it and be successful. I love that. So is this all kind of in a one-on-one model? Is it in a small group model? Like what variations of service? If I were to come to you and said, hey, Leanne, I'm interested in joining Standard Fit. What kind of levels of service are there? 
Yes. Primarily, most of my clients are in the small group training. So our block of class and everybody is following a similar program, not exactly the same. I do offer personal training. Over the years, I have discovered that personal training is not my favorite, but I do have some clients where it is beneficial, particularly the ones who are working with and working through adaptations that require a little bit of a different pace or a little bit of a different setting. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think for me personally, I like the idea of small group because you're still able to give your client that one-on-one attention that they need but also they're getting the motivation of the people next to them. And for many people, like that's something that motivates and drives them to show up day after day. And then when we look at the business side, it's okay to look at the business side here because, you know, it's okay to be a little selfish. It's better for the business because there's only about eight to 10 hours in a day that we can train people. So if we can fit more people in in one hour rather than taking up an hour for just one person, it's better for the business, right? Um, So- Currently, you know, how many hours a day, Leanne, are you training people in the facility? I train, most days I do two classes in the morning and then three classes in the evening. I do have a couple of uh, specialty classes in there. So one of my favorite groups and they're my longest running group. I call them my super athletes of strength. They're my adaptive athletes. I coach most of them in special Olympics. So that's a specialty class that's offered. And so about five classes, but I'm there probably 10 plus hours a day doing all the other things as well. Yep. So you're, you're in the business. I mean, (laughs) like 24 seven, realistically, it's something that you're always, you know, working on. You're spending 10 hours a day might as well be 24 seven because the rest of your time is spent you know, being a mom and sleeping. (laughs) So, um, great. So with, with that, you know, you're doing four different kind of small groups. How small are the groups that you're, you're coaching? So I like my early mornings, they be as small as three. And then in my evenings, my evenings are usually my bigger ones. I cap at eight. Okay. So like three to eight people is that sweet spot for you. Yes. Yes. Um, And how many clients total are you serving right now, Leanne? I am serving about 35. Okay. 35 for just one person is, is a lot. (laughs) So is that a position where you're feeling pretty comfortable or are you in a position where you're like, Hey, want to step on the gas, get some new faces in the door and kind of grow what I have. I'm, I'm really wanting to pursue growing what I have because I have a, a five-year plan that I'm really working towards and it's time to start throttling there a little bit. So my husband retires in five years from his job and the goal is by the time he retires to have the gym side of things stable enough that I can bring in people to help so that I can continue growing the online coaching. I really enjoy the health and wellness side of coaching. And I've come to recognize that you can facilitate that well over the internet and online connection. So I'd like to be pushing more into that and really growing a good team behind me so that when my husband retires, I still have this healthy, fabulous gym where people can come, but I don't have to be the one on the floor 10 hours a day. Yeah. I mean, realistically, no matter how much we love what we do, 10 hours a day, five, six, you know, days a week, that becomes, becomes 
really tiring and we start to experience like burnout, no matter how much we love what we do. I mean, that's just a really, really tough schedule for just one person. Is it just you right now? You don't have any staff. I don't have any staff. No, a friend of mine who rents space for me, um, exchanges space for covering a couple classes for me, which is a godsend because I do have uh, young, well, my youngest are 16. So I, we still have kids that need mom. So it's awesome to have a couple mornings off, but I don't have any paid staff. Okay. So yeah, I mean, it's a lot on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, and ideally, you know, you want to be able to grow, you want to be able to help more people from the sounds of it. That's a big goal for you, whether it be through the online, you know, health and wellness side, we're getting some more clients in the actual doors of the facility. But there becomes a certain point where it's like, hey, you know, I'm only one person. I can only handle so much. And time is like the one thing in our life that no matter how much we want to, we can never buy it back. Um, And so kind of got to get you in a position where you're able to spend less time in the business and more time working on the business as your husband gets to that point of retirement. How far away is he from retirement right now? Five years. Yep. He's five years out. He said five years in. Okay. That makes sense. Yep. Okay. So let's kind of dive in here. What are some of the things, Leanne, that you have done to aid that growth process to kind of gain more clients, whether it be, you know, I guess in person right now, but as you grow to the online space, what's your plan to to get clients? Well, that's the part where as somebody who I really love what I do on the floor, I'm really good at that part. Then I look at the behind the scenes part and that's the part that gets challenging for me. Mm -hmm. I know marketing needs to be a good big piece of that. And that's kind of a, a hang up for me at this moment because I don't love social media. I don't love it. And so it's very challenging. I live in my hometown, born and raised, been here forever. My kids are like multi-generational. I know everybody. It's I'm connected into my community. And the thought of putting it out there in one more way feels very challenging. And so that's kind of a hang up there that I am currently working on. And then the other way I'm really working to grow is I am a couple months out from my NBHWC certification. Uh, I've already been a certified nutrition coach. I've done precision nutrition one and two. And I am, this is the stepping stone to getting to this certification where you're actually a board certified health and wellness coach. The reason I chose to do that is they are moving towards letting your insurance or your FSA or HSA accounts be able to be used for coaching. So there is a big, especially in our area, a big um, prevalence of diabetes. And Mm -hmm. I would love to have the opportunity to work with like our local dietitian um, RD for diabetes as a support person. And yep. let and it makes it so much easier if your insurance will pay for that. It makes it so that that cost comes out of there. So that's the big other piece that I'm really working hard on right now. Yeah, and I think with that, you know, if you're coupling yourself with these different um, doctors and things like that, you know, you get word of mouth. You're going to get referrals from them, and that's great for the the nutrition side of things um, because 
you know, we can always count on some word of mouth in this business and word of mouth is great. Referrals are great because they're free. Um, we don't have to pay anyone anything to get referrals or word of mouth. But when we look at scalability, scalability and we, for example, if we say by the end of year one with our kind of um, certification, we would like to have 12 clients. It's not realistic for us to predict that because there's no way of knowing how quickly the word is going to spread. Um, and same thing with our gym. If we only rely on word of mouth, there's no way for us to really predict the, the rate at which we're going to grow. Um, and so that's what makes it kind of hard. And I think in today's day and age, like especially the past few years, digital, the digital side of things is how people are connecting and how people are learning and hearing about things. I mean, I found you on LinkedIn. We connected right. on LinkedIn, right? Um, but I, I can understand, you know, social media isn't your favorite thing. You've grew up in this town. And so it's like, oh, do I really have to push myself out on social media? But I would say that no matter how small of a town that you're in, there's definitely people who could benefit from your services who probably really aren't thinking about you or don't even know that you exist. And if we can post a picture of one of our clients who saw great results if we can share a video of a normal everyday person learning their squat in our gym, things like that, we're able to reach those people. So talk to me a little bit about your presence currently in social media. Is it something that you don't do at all? Or is it something that it's like kind of here and there whenever you feel like it? I, it's very much on the here and there side. I have tried. I have some very smart people in my world who have given me different ways of doing it. I have not yet found the thing that makes me sit up and say, oh, today is the day I'm going to post. And I, I know myself well enough to say when I don't like it. I, I'll find 5,000 other things to do versus <laughs> hop onto Instagram and post another picture. So I, I'm really struggling with finding the thing that and it feels like I have not clicked on the um, authenticity. I really dislike some of the dysmorphic thought that goes behind fitness in the social media circles. And I don't want to perpetuate any of that. And so I haven't found a way to convey my message authentically. And that's where it's, I really feel the, the struggle is I don't know how to put it out there and have it be genuinely myself with my message and not feel like I'm contributing to the noise that's not conducive to people's health journeys. Yeah, I definitely get that. I mean, you see a lot of stuff out there of like, I've seen gyms posting photos of like, you know, clients with the ripped abs or the perfect bodies. And it's like, you know, that's really not conducive to about 85% of the population who are just normal everyday people. And so it's just a matter of like, hey, what can we show that's going to show that we're authentic and, and we're real? And uh, I've, I, I think for you, it's more about like the feeling that people are going to have from joining you rather than the physical results. Um, they're going to see immense emotional changes um, to their, their mental health by joining you. Um, 
they're going to feel better. They're going to learn to eat better. They're going to learn a lifestyle that can last them for forever. It's like, Hey, how do we show that through social media? Right. Um, I have, you know, I think there are a lot of gyms out there who don't have a great organic presence on social media. Like they're not posting every single day. And I do think like, that's okay for some people. Um, but I have seen other gyms utilizing like the feature on Instagram or Facebook to run some sort of paid ad. Um, have you guys ever done a paid ad, whether it be through social media, radio, TV, anything like that? Not. And I've been curious as to how those work and, and yeah. how they, how they do pay off, if that makes sense. So I've never delved into that um, in this business. And I, yeah, I just have not delved into that. It's a scary thought, right? I mean, I know that I'm probably the cheapest person that you'll ever meet. And I hate the idea of spending money if I don't know if there's going to be a payoff there. Right. So right. with the digital ad side of thing, or even radio or whatever, like if I don't, if I don't see a guaranteed payoff, I'm not doing it. Right. Um, I will tell you that when we finally started the ads on Facebook specifically, we were able to figure it out to get a three to one return. And then it was like a no brainer for us to have sure. them like consistently. But before we figure that out, tried a bunch of things, billboards, all of that, nothing worked. And so right. I kind of got burned mm-hmm. in all of those areas. And that's why I have that hesitancy to, to really spend any money to grow. Um, on average right now, how many new people would you say are joining you a month? The summer is always slow for me. So mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a very, like the last couple months have been very difficult there. And I honestly haven't, I usually don't focus on it during the summer. The summer, uh, we, I'm very blessed where I live. I'm right next to Yosemite. So in the summertime, about a third of my clients are like, cool, I'll see you in September. So yeah. I'm getting ready for my September growth. And then in September, I, I'd like to average about two people a month. Again, okay. I'd like it to be when I, I've had a big group come through once and that's very challenging to kind of, as a single person, get them acclimated and up and running. So I like to keep it steady and I like to keep it on the lower side just because it is just me at this moment. Yep. And with just you, it, it becomes a challenge. Like you have to get these people onboarded. You have to like make sure that they're consistent. And so I understand, you know, there's a lot of hesitancy there to look at, okay, well, like, let's try to think about five members a month or whatever. Um, definitely understand where you're coming from there. My next question for you is a little bit of a different one. And I think it's great for us to talk about the really good things, but I also like to talk about some of the challenges as well, because I think that's where our listeners can really relate to you. Um, especially the past few years, we're all dealing with very unique challenges. So Leanne, what would you consider to be the biggest business related challenge that you're enduring right now? And what would you say you're doing to overcome that? Mm, Good question. If I put the marketing part, which we've discussed a little bit aside, I would have to say for myself as a super not tech person, gym management systems, none of them are clean, concise, and very user-friendly. I, I like the one I'm using right now. They, they do an adequate job. Um, a lot of the ones that I've experienced in the past, this is my second gym that I've owned, 
they, they aren't super outgoing with how they facilitate customer service. They're kind of like, yeah, pay us some money and here you go. And we'll help you if you need some help. So figuring out a way to utilize the tools that I have in a better way as a not super enthusiastic tech person would be my, my next biggest struggle behind marketing. I know I could make it. I know I could take a lot of pressure and headache off of myself if I could figure it out, but the time it takes to figure it out, I'd rather just do it on pen and paper. Yeah. And, and that's really hard because there's a lot of people that are still doing everything pen and paper, but if we're doing it just pen and paper as a busy person, then we have to worry about, oh shoot, did I remember to add that person to the spreadsheet? And I don't, I don't care how organized you are. There are always things that get forgotten when we're doing it, you know, on our own pen and paper, non-systemized. What CRM are you using right now? I'm using push press right now. I, I really, they were suggested to me by um, mentors of mine and the gym owners man, uh, mentor group that I belong to. I love it because especially as a small gym, I don't have hundreds of clients. They're very affordable. So that was my big thing is I couldn't afford when I first started to, you know, spend 300 yeah. bucks a month on CRM. I just can't. So it's very, and I appreciate that about push press so much. And the other thing that I really, really like about them is their customer service is on point. When I do ask questions and I ask a lot, cause I get lost a lot. They are very responsive and really help me um, work through that issue. But it's still, I struggle with a lot of the things don't make a lot of sense. You know, there's a way to put your waiver on there. Do I know how to do that easily? Sure as heck don't. But yeah. do I have the time to figure that out efficiently? No. And so I just hand my clients a paper waiver and stick it in a file. Yep. And that's, that's really hard. It's like, why would you be a tech expert? I mean, you're a fitness expert. And so there's really no, you know, none of us that are experts at all of that stuff. Um, and so it sounds like, you know, at least they have some good customer service that yes. they're able to help walk you through that. Um, and, you know, the market is always changing. There's always new CRMs. There's always new parts of the CRM being uploaded. They're constantly evolving. So hopefully, you know, as, things evolve, it becomes easier and easier for you, um, not harder. <laughs> um, I know sometimes like all the new tech changes, like I'll have something figured out on social media and that changes again. And then I'm like, oh shoot, how do I figure this out? Um, yeah, okay. Last juicy loaded question that I always like to make sure that I save time to ask because it usually comes with a lengthier kind of response here is like, if I were to hand you a magic wand and I said, all right, Leanne, all your dreams and goals for standard fit have come true. You've reached them all. What would that picture look like for you? Sure. So there's a building just down the road from me. So I've, I've mapped this magic wand dream out. So I would be at a space in my facility where I am co-laboring with a couple of other like-minded uh, individuals in a few modalities, ideally where we share a large space and we co-mingle. So I would have like somebody who specializes in barbells. I like barbells. I didn't grow up with barbells. I'm not, I, I'm efficient and I'm skilled and I am safe for my clients, but that's, that's not my passion. Having somebody who does a few of these different modalities, I'd love to have a massage therapist in there. It would be fantabulous because of the body work that I do to have a massage therapist and like a chiropractor. And we share a common space where we're all pursuing this betterness of health. 
a, and it's a thriving uh, space. And it's a space where it doesn't require me to be on the floor all the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I think, I think that sounds like a beautiful model. Um, I like your idea of, you know, working with other fitness professionals. Would it be something like you own it and then they contract space? Is that kind of your, your goal there? Yes. Yes. Um, life has taught me that it's, it's much simpler if there's one and then everybody participates with. So I would ideally, yes, I would rent out the space. They would come alongside, they would um, sublet, if you will, some section of that. And we could all work together to bring about just this really well-rounded picture of health. That's something I'm a big proponent of is I don't care what your health journey looks like, just chase it. Doesn't matter. So it would be awesome to offer a few facets to that journey that aren't my super strength. Yep. So I, I like that because with that, you know, you can really, you can add, there's endless amounts of things that you can add to that. Um, just all different parts of the client's health journey. Like you said, massage therapists, looking at different kind of modalities and specialties within the fitness industry, you can find people to come and utilize a space, get a little bit bigger of a space than you have now, and just continue to grow and expand upon that and help endless amounts of people in your community. Um, what do you feel like it's essential for you to really focus on right now to get you to that point where that is not a magic wand, it's a reality? Yes, so I do have to grow my presence. So outside of the other lanes of life, I do have to grow my presence as a fitness professional in my community and establish some of those connections with other fitness professionals who want to do it in a similar fashion. Yeah. So just kind of continue to continue to network, continue to put yourself out there in different ways. Um, some, some of the ways might feel a little bit uncomfortable for you, but it is something that if you want to grow, like you're going to have to kind of dip your toes in the water of different areas to, to market yourself. And I'm excited to see you do that. I think that you have a great mindset that's going to carry you to that magic wand situation. I don't think it's a magic wand. I think it's going to be a reality for you um, several years down the road. Uh, Leanne, where can our listeners go to find you online if they want to check out more about what you have to offer at Standard Fit? Awesome. Well, you can find me on LinkedIn like you did. <laughs> I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at Standard Fit. On um, Instagram, I think it's Standard Fit 22. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being here today. Listeners, we thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. We will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, 
or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Travis from CrossFit Century in Centralia, Washington. What's up, Travis? How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing well. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. Not a problem. All right. So let's jump into the details here, wasting no time. How did you get started? What is it that made you want to own your own gym? What's the backstory there? So it it might be a little different from a lot of them, but... uh... So I started as a personal trainer just at a local Globo gym, and I did that for about three years. Um, before that, I was just doing weightlifting in high school and sports, so I've always kind of been into the, the workout scene. Um, and then I was a trainer for about three years just with my NASM certification, and then uh, just an opportunity kind of came up where they had this gym I was at. They had like this storage room that they just stored old equipment, so broken treadmills and things like that, and uh they let me start doing some boxing in there. So I kind of originally started with boxing and um, MMA style of training. That's kind of what I did at that time too. So basically we just had this room that they let us clear out. We put in wrestling mats and um, started doing just like one class a week. We would grapple and do like cardio kickboxing and I'm personal train on the side. And then that became two days a week. And then this one day my buddy reached out to me and he owned Oregon CrossFit in Bend, Oregon. And, um, he's like, you should try this yada, yada, yada. And so I looked into it and I started doing CrossFit workouts kind of on my own, but I didn't really do them as they were intended to be done. You know, I do like 21, 15, nine, and I'd be done with it. And I'd be like, all right, that wasn't that hard, but you know, I wasn't really trying to do it fast. Right. So then anyway, I got into that. I took my level one, the actual first real CrossFit workout I did was at the level one seminar. And that was in 2010. Um, And then from there, I just started incorporating CrossFit style workouts into our grappling workouts like once a week. Um, And I just used the equipment that we had, some kettlebells, medicine balls. Um, We didn't really have a lot. I would cut out plywood wheels as like bumper plates, the same diameter. So we had like a way to set the barbells up off the floor, but we really didn't have much Um, wrestling mats and then punching bags. And then slowly the uh the crossfit like style conditioning classes became more popular than the grappling or the kickboxing classes did and then mm-hmm. and then yeah we just gradually knocked out walls in the in the room that at that time it was only maybe 25 is like probably a thousand square feet okay over over about three four years i kind of grown into that and then To kind of sum it up, um, it was like that until about four years ago when that gym sold, the Globo gym sold. And during that transition time, I was able to kind of buy out the program that I had started. And then that's when it went from uh, Thorbex CrossFit to CrossFit um, Century. And so I've owned it outright for the last uh, four years. Got it. Okay. And so now you're doing fully CrossFit. Fully CrossFit. Yep. Awesome. Okay. So typically 
CrossFit model group classes. Is that the case with you? Are you doing any semi-privates? Are you doing one-on-ones? What's the structure there? Yeah, so it's mostly been group classes. It has been pretty much since the beginning. There was very little personal training going on, but uh, over over time, we started to incorporate that a little bit more. And um, kind of the biggest thing that brought, like that really grew our personal training side was that we would originally onboard new people with like a foundations class. And we would do that, say two weeks at a time, like once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be three days a week. And we'd get maybe five, six, seven people in that. I think that's what a lot of gyms did. Um, the downfall to that was that, you know, if you had someone that wanted to sign up, they needed to either wait two weeks or three weeks for like the next program to start. And it was generally in the nighttime, like seven o'clock, like when there wasn't classes going on, because those times were already taken up. Mm -hmm. Um, So because of that, I felt like maybe we lost some people or people never joined that would have. And then um, once COVID um, started, and then we went through that, um, we started onboarding people. We took away foundations and we just started onboarding them with like three to four PT sessions. Um, and that's really what started growing the personal training side. And then, and yeah, that's really what started it from there. People now are doing more personal training just because they want to, but that's how it really, really got going. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then nutrition, we're getting into that a little bit. We don't have a big nutrition program, but we're just kind of getting that rolling. But yeah, so group classes is the main thing I'm trying to make um the pt side like around 15 to 20 percent of the revenue um Mm -hmm. right now it's it's less than 10 and then nutrition's even even less than that but yeah those are the three the three things i'm really trying to develop yeah absolutely it's always good to have other programs for clients to ascend into that want it right some people want personal training so if that offering is there it can really help to increase overall revenue with like you said, 10, 15% of your membership doing personal training. So. Yeah, exactly. And more, more people I think will do it than what, than what a gym owner might think, you know, it's just because they don't offer it. They're like, yeah, hey, I don't, I don't think they would want that. And then you start offering it and you'd be surprised. I think how many people actually do want it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes uh, they just don't know that it's an option you know if people don't know what they want until it's right in front of them sometimes so yeah yeah it's a a good way to add value to the program and to get more revenue make your revenue per member a little bit higher exactly absolutely raising the rates on right right and yeah i mean there are plenty of people that want that extra level of service and that higher value product and there are plenty of people that are willing to pay for it too so a lot of gym owners kind of get caught up in that as well um as far as pricing goes especially when you talk about one-on-ones or semi-privates that they kind of get this idea that people won't pay the prices that they want to charge for it but they do Yeah, people will pay more than what you think, especially where we are. It's not a big city. And to pay $150 or $200 or $250, that's kind of unheard of. You know, in the beginning, a lot of people said, you know, no one's ever going to pay that. But it's really, it's, yeah, people would be surprised by how many people really will. Right. Yeah. Important to keep in mind that you are not your customer. You know, it's kind of hard to separate the two. Maybe the way that you value training is different from the way that somebody had that has never had any type of coaching or any type of fitness experience or nutritional education, anything around that, they're going to value that higher than you would. You're used to yeah, it exactly. just part of your normal day. Yep. Yep. There was a time um, in like, 
probably 15 years ago when I started getting into, into the mixed martial arts, we would travel, me and a buddy would travel about a half an hour north to a bigger city, Olympia, and we would pay $100 a month for kickboxing practice and, you know, actual coaching. And at the time, that was a lot of dang money for a, you know, a 22-year-old paying $100 a month for a gym membership. But I knew, you know, it was worth it to me and I saw the value in it. And it's the same right. Same idea. Some people squawk at, you know, a hundred dollars a month. Now it's like, you know, you can't even, you can't even run a gym on a hundred dollars a month. No. Yeah, absolutely. So now as far as membership goes, how many clients or members are you currently serving? Um, it's fluctuating, of course, but around about 120. Okay. Um, and that's on the lower end. My peak probably my peak just pre-COVID was about 160, maybe a little bit more. And then, um, you know, during COVID, it didn't drop off a ton. We only lost maybe 18% of our members during the actual shutdown and everything. And then once we opened back up, we got a lot of new ones, but it's been, it's been very up and down ever since and so everything's been kind of back to normal. Um, we've had big influxes of members and then we we've lost you know in big influxes as well it's been very very up and down but got it why do you think that is um i think the influx in the beginning happened because people realized you know how important it was to be healthy and they wanted to get out of their houses and back into gyms um so i think that was was where the influx came from and then and then you notice the way different different um strands of covid kept popping up maybe that was a little bit of a turn deterrent so they'd stay home you know and then it would get under control and then a new covid or you know a new strain would pop up and it was partly that uh i think a lot of people had their home gym set up they would get burnt out on the home gym they wanted to come back and then for whatever reason maybe maybe the home gym again seemed you know like the like the better option but yeah honestly honestly i I don't know why it's been so, so up and down. Okay. And are you, what are you doing as far as marketing, advertising, getting the word out there to let people know that you're there and what you do? It's pretty much always just been social media and word of mouth. It's a pretty small town where we're in. Centrale is, I think, around maybe 20,000 people. Chehalis, which is right next door, is about 15, maybe a little bit more than that. So it's not a huge area. So word of mouth has always worked really well. And I've, I've lived here my whole life. So I know a lot of people, but it's always just been that kind of, you know, um, their friend, their family members. Um, other than that, it's just been social media and um, email lists and just sending out, you know, a blog every two weeks. Um, I haven't done any, anything on the radio mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's just been, just been social. Okay. And have you ever done any type of paid advertising through Facebook, Instagram, Google? I have. Yeah, I've done it on uh, Facebook. I haven't done it for a couple of years, but I have done that a little bit. Um, But honestly, I didn't really, I didn't know either how to, you know, measure the effectiveness or or not, but um, I haven't noticed a big difference from doing paid advertising on Facebook or Instagram. And even when I did it, I didn't spend a lot of money on it. It was just kind of, you know, something I threw a couple hundred bucks at here and there. It wasn't, Mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't a big endeavor. Got it. Okay. And how many new faces are you typically seeing on a weekly basis, just based off of word of mouth and the organic side of things? 
Um, you know, I'll get probably two emails a day, two to three, just general inquiries about pricing, um, schedule, things like that. And then seeing new faces. Um, I mean, the last through the summertime, like the last three, four months, it's been it's been pretty scarce, maybe two a week. Got it. OK. And are you satisfied with that? Um, that's I mean, for summer, even for summertime, that's a little bit low. Um, even in the springtime, it seems like people kind of started dipping, dipping out, you know, a little, a little more than they have in the, in the past. Um, just even before the weather got nice, we had a really long winter and spring here. It took forever to, for summer to get started, but, um, yeah, it still just seemed like the, the incoming, um, new members were, yeah, it was, it was slow. Yeah. So have you considered doing any type of other more targeted advertising, I guess. No, I, yeah, I actually have. I was looking into that probably a week ago, doing something like, um, uh, you know, paying, yeah, paying for say Facebook or Instagram, probably Facebook, just because that tends to be where like the 35 and up, you know, age group is. So it'd be geared a little more to, to uh, Facebook, but do something where I paid, you know, uh, for, for some advertising and then throw out a social media post relative to that, throw out a, a, a weekly blog relative to that and just kind of try to funnel some in that way. But yeah, actually that was like two weeks ago was probably, the first time I've really considered paying for advertising in and again, and I was going to do it, do it that way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's Facebook is still the best converting platform. So definitely a, a good idea to use Facebook for your platform. Um, but I mean, yeah, that's a huge. The, the thing about word of mouth is it's great because obviously the people that come in, they pretty much know what you have to offer. Usually they come in, they're like ready to sign up, right? If they're friends of friends or referred by somebody or, um, and the only thing is it's not trackable. It's not consistent. Yeah. And it's really hard to grow if we can't track or, or have some type of handle on how many new people we have coming in the doors on a weekly, monthly, yeah. yearly basis. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So yeah, it can definitely be challenging. Obviously with the, the paid advertising important to make sure you're getting a return on investment, you know, minimum three to one returns is ideal, if not five to one or more. Yeah. Um, now, with that being said, when people come in on day one, are they coming in to do those personal training sessions right off the bat? Or how does that work? What does your process yeah. look like? Yep. So they'll either, we can either, we'll usually talk on the phone either way. Um, and I'll get a good feel for them that way. If they want, you know, just sometimes they will just want to come in and meet in, you know, face to face and just see the facility. So in that, in that case, we would still just get on the computer and I would still just go through, you know, just a questionnaire basically and just get some, get an insight on their background. Um, if we do that on the phone and they want to start ASAP, then we'll usually do um, four training sessions. They'll come in, I'll still sit in front of the computer with them for a little bit. And then we'll do a, uh, just a basic a basic assessment and then I'll take them through just a little conditioning piece at the end. So we'll usually do uh, about two training sessions and then I'll have them come into a class and we'll try to do that in the first week. So two one-on-ones and so stay like Monday, Wednesday, try to get them set on like a scheduled time that would work for them even after we quit meeting. So say nine o'clock Monday, Wednesday, and then they would come to like the nine o'clock class on Friday. And then we would repeat that on the second week. So we would meet 
twice one-on-one -on -one, and then they would come into another group class that week and we've tried to keep it on the same schedule um i found that that works really well because then by uh, integrating like a group class at the same time because we've done it other ways where it's like you know you meet with them three or four times and then you just kind of send them into a group class and they're like you know still intimidated because they've been working with one person you know it's just been one-on-one -on -one for these four hours and now they're in this group atmosphere so so yeah by doing the the one-on-one -on -one twice let them go in the group and then they can come back the next week for the one-on-one -on -one. they can ask you know questions about the group atmosphere and things like that and that's where that's what we've been doing for like the last seven months um just and before that it was just three to four one-on-ones back to back to back but yeah i found this way has worked worked a lot better yeah absolutely feel a lot more comfortable okay and is that paid that's something that they're paying for up front yep yep so they'll pay up front for four one hour sessions for 60 dollars an hour and that's pretty much what, what it always is um and then the group class is that's just that's just thrown in there you know that's not so it's basically um 240 dollars or 250 for two weeks so four one-on-one -on -one sessions and two two group classes got it okay and what's the conversion rate like on that does it convert well typically yeah you know doing that i mean it's almost i mean almost 100 percent. if i can get if i can get one person a week going through that they'll they'll all convert and they'll all stay like at least for three months mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And what is your typical or your average monthly membership rate? Um, it's right now it's uh, it's $155 a month mm -hmm. and that's for unlimited. We do offer a limited three days a week for 135 a month and then add tax to both of those. Um, but yeah, yeah. 155 is the one that we, you know, try to sell the most. Yeah, absolutely. I like that they're coming in on something that's higher than the cost of your typical membership. So it makes it a lot easier to convert them into a monthly membership that's lower than the offer that they're coming in on. A lot of people flip it and they do it kind of backwards and then they have yeah. trouble converting into the longer term memberships. Like they'll bring people in on a low barrier offer, whether it be something free or something super low price, and then yep. they have a hard time converting into a membership that's 150 to $200 a month because people kind of get the wrong idea yep. initially. So it yep. tends to work really well if you bring somebody in on something a little bit higher ticket and then convert them into the membership, the longer term membership on the back end. It doesn't seem like it's so much. Yeah, it does. It does work better. And that's how we used to do it too, you know, offer them a free week or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And then you just almost get people that come in and they just, you know, they don't almost appreciate it as much, or if they think it's free, they're just kind of, you know, they can shrug it off. Whereas if you get someone paying $250 for two weeks, you know, they're buying in and they know, you know, they're committed at that point and they're going right. to, they're going to come in, you know, for those sessions, they'll be there for the six sessions in the two weeks. And then, yeah, you'll most likely also sell them, the $150, you know, two weeks after that. So you're potentially getting them to buy in for, you know, 400 or three, yeah, $400. Right. Yeah. Month. Exactly. People who pay, pay attention, right? Yep. It brings in a different type of client. Yeah, exactly. Type of member, you know, yeah, more serious. Yeah. Serious, mm -hmm. determined person. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So now where are you focusing most of your attention in the business right now what's top of mind for you um 
so we're we're trying to, to develop more of the nutrition and then more of the um well still the personal training nutrition and then also some online remote remote training and i've done that as well i actually forgot about that when we were talking about you know the other streams of revenue earlier but that is something i've done that longer than even the personal training stuff just because i had a remote coach for a few years when i was um trying to be competitive in like 2015 16 so i had a really good idea of how to do it and so that's something i've been growing for the last five years probably um and also i just had a baby with my girlfriend so she also comes into the gym and trains in the gym so now we're trying to to make it to where she can do more online from home mm -hmm. so she doesn't you know since she has the she also has a 5 year old daughter so we got a 5 year old and a 1 week old oh my um, gosh so brand new brand new congrats <laughs> that's crazy good for yeah. you guys yeah thank awesome. you so so we're trying to develop more yeah more stuff that we can do online from from wherever from home or anywhere right yeah yeah definitely makes it a little bit more challenging to get into the gym with two little ones so it does. <laughs> yep. all right so now uh one thing i always love to ask about is one of the most important things that you've learned throughout your time in ownership in this industry and typically there are thousands of things that you learn along the way but what is one of the things that really sticks out to you as something that you've learned in ownership um the biggest one that jumps out is just uh i was really fortunate in the space that i was able to lease i won't be able to own this because i lease it from the city most likely um Otherwise, I would try. That's the only incentive really for me to open a second location or to move a location would be for me to actually own the real estate. Mm -hmm. But just it would be the biggest thing is just I'm fortunate that I was able to keep my overhead as low as I have with cheap rent, um, just cheap everything. Um, I had cheap equipment, just I got it cheap, not, you know, it's, it's good equipment. But um, yeah, just being able to keep the overhead low, just so I can you know, get by on the slower times and really, you know, not, not be affected much at all. Um, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then also having uh, the first person I would hire would be a bookkeeper. So yes. the books, taxes, all that I've, I've, I've had a couple small businesses and that's, yeah, that's probably been the biggest headache through my whole entrepreneur uh, career is bookkeeping and taxes. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of things that come up that you didn't really know about or some unexpected things along the way. So yeah, if you can, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. If you can have somebody on top of those things, that is huge. Super helpful. Yeah. Uh, saves you a lot of time and frustration. So, <laughs> yep. All right. And now, um, on the on the subject of uh, either bottlenecks or key challenges within the business, I always like to ask about those because there are a lot of gym owners that are struggling in one particular area or another. Yeah. Um, it tends to always be something within the business that we're working to improve. Um, what is that for you? What what challenges are you currently facing or bottlenecks within the business? Challenges would be. Um, and it's kind of always been this way is just being able to pay the staff enough money that you can keep them around. Yeah. And, you know, they're not always looking for other jobs. So when I started this, it was kind of, there was like five or six of us and we were all friends. And then once I bought it and really took it over, you know, we went from friendships to 
now in a, you know more of a you know boss employee relationship mm-hmm. um and they would all coach two three maybe four classes a week so i just had all these part-time people you know coaching very short amount you know minimal hours a week and i've been trying for the last several years and i to just get it to where i could have one or two people you know that i can pay you know instead of paying six people you know four or five hundred dollars a month pay two people three you know two to three thousand a month um right and that's something i've, I've been trying to do and i've struggled with this whole time um it's just keeping keeping staff motivated, even when, you know, you know, the passion goes away, there needs to be a monetary incentive and, and, you know, part-time like that, there, it's just not there. So um, the biggest thing is keeping staff motivated, able to pay them enough, and then find, finding, you know, finding someone that's good for that position as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Staff is always challenging in general. Um, do you offer sales commission to your staff? Um, so I'll pay them. I've, I've thought about doing it a few different ways, but they basically just get paid per class. And then, then, then they would get a percentage of personal training revenue. Um, as far as like actually signing members up, I haven't, I haven't done that. No. Mm. Is that something you would consider doing? Um, it would be if, uh, but I mean, honestly, my, my phone, you know, my phone, my cell phone is the phone number on the website and stuff. I mean, I'm just usually the first point of contact to new leads. You know, if there was, if there was more coming in like that and, and I didn't want to deal with it all, then I, I would, you know, pay someone else to do it. But, um, you know, there just hasn't really been that much incoming traffic where I've had to, you know, offload it to someone else. I mean, if someone has like a friend or, you know, if they refer someone, you know, I'll, yeah, I'll throw them some, you know, 20 bucks or something for mm-hmm. the hour or whatever, but, but yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess if you did have more people coming in on the front end and then are you looking to step back at all? Like if you had the right people in place? Yeah. You know, I, I would, um, I've been, you know, an affiliate since 2010. So 12 years, you go through ups and downs, mm-hmm. you get burnt out. Um, I've been fortunate to not get super burnt out just because we'll have say two classes in the morning, you know, two around noonish and then two in the evening. So it's not, it's not, I don't get burnt out in the sense of the work necessarily. It's just trying to manage 150 client relationships is what I get burnt out on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if I could come up with a way that made sense for me and say a manager you know, where I could, we could both still make money, even if he was making, you know, really what he wanted to make. And I was maybe making not so much. I do other things. I invest in real estate and I have some other things going on, but, um, but yeah, I would, I would let someone pretty much run, run the gym completely if, if it worked out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's just getting to that point of being able to incentivize them enough, pay them enough, um, provide them with what they're looking for to get that buy-in from them to, stick around and, and do what's best for the business, right? It's really hard to find somebody that cares as much as you do, or even close to as much as you yeah. do about your business. So, yep. yep, that's true. Anytime I've put someone in, you know, a bigger role where I can step back a little bit, it, it's always seemed like class attendance drops and just the membership as a whole starts to drop a little bit, not a lot, but it does it seems like it does decline. Like this is a small town. I've lived here my whole life. I feel one of the reasons for my success is because it's me. A lot of people know me, you know, they know the product, the brand, 
but that's also kind of my my weakness as well is that once I step away then you know it's I've, I've had a really hard time trying to separate myself from you know it's not Travis's gym it's cross the century but still that's you know they expect to see me there right yeah yep that's the hard part yes the, the golden handcuffs yep <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens you know it happens to so many gym owners and it's always interesting, you know, the ones that actually have their name on the door, that's yeah. even worse because oh, yeah. people come in and they are expecting you. Yeah. And I've talked to gym owners that are like, I need to change the name of my gym. And I wish that I knew this when I opened my gym <laughs> yeah. because now I can never even step away for even like a short period of time, like a week yeah. to go like on vacation. Like it just doesn't even it's not even possible. So yeah, that happens uh, very often. And it's, it's hard to make that transition for many reasons. It's also hard to let go of some of the control and delegate some of those tasks and let other people step in because of the fear of the level of service. Yep. Dropping. They won't do, yep. A fear that, yep. They won't do as, as good of a job or, or whatever it is. You can do every job better, but yeah, at some point you got to let them learn. And, and then once they do learn, hope they stick around. So it's right. not a revolving door of training and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Tough, tough transition. And uh, it's something that so many gym owners experience. It can be done, but it's definitely challenging yeah. for sure. Yeah. All right. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Um, they could go to CrossFit Century Coaching. That's on Instagram and Facebook. And actually that's the same. Yeah. And um, that's TikTok as well. CrossFit Century Coaching. All right. Pretty straightforward there. Awesome. Yep. All righty. So Travis from CrossFit Century in Centralia, Washington. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been awesome having you on the show. All right. Thanks, Brianna. Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.